The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. Well, that's right. Today is my first Sunday preaching with y'all. Obviously, you know that because um, I'm standing here and Gabe's walking there. Uh, I have to say I, I've been excited for this day for a long time. Um, it's been a long time coming. I've taken a lot of classes, and I know some people are like, well, that doesn't mean much, Barrett. What, what can you do for me right now? Uh, it's been a long time coming. I've thought about this a lot. You know, years ago, I was like, where is God going to send me, and who am I going to get to talk to from behind a pulpit or a, I don't know what you call this. Uh, so today, I want to do two things with y'all, and then we'll head out. Uh, first, I want to honor where we're at in this series. We're in a series called Simple, and I've been given the task of talking about the law, and we'll talk about that later. But then also, I want to define a little bit what this looks like for us. Um, I want to define what this looks like, because this is a conversation, whether you know it or not. I know it sometimes feels like I'll just get up here and talk to you, or maybe sometimes at you. Um, but, but this is, there's a feedback loop here, and we're beginning a relationship. So, first off, I got to ask, how many of you have heard of a DTR before? Yes? Anyone? Any more? Anyone? A DTR? Okay, some of you. Okay, so I was in a campus ministry for, I've done campus ministry at the university level for about five years. And... On each campus, it seems to be that there is a spot on campus where people go to have their DTRs. On my campus up in Minnesota, there was a nice park with a playground and, uh, oh, what do you call it, um, like a baseball diamond, soccer field type thing, and that's where people would have their DTRs. And a DTR looks like this. A boy and a girl who've been hanging out for a while go walking around, probably holding hands or maybe not holding hands or whatever, and they stop. And at some point, one of them says, usually the girl, hey, what, what's, what's going on here? And, or the guy says it. And somebody's gut just drops. And at that moment, that's the moment of the DTR. And the DTR goes one or two ways. On the right-hand side, uh, whatever happens next... If the, if the person says, well, hey, we're just hanging out. This has been fun. You know, I just love hanging out with you. Then whatever potential relationship there was has been destroyed. It's just been destroyed. You're like friend zone, and, and that's the destroy the relationship conversation. Now, if it happens the other way, then, hey, what do you, what do, what do you think? What, what is this? If somebody says, well, you know, I've really enjoyed the time we spent together, and I kind of like to keep doing this, and I kind of like you to be my girlfriend or something like that. Um, then you start defining the relationship. And that's the more positive side of the DTR. Some of you guys have had these. I don't know if they still happen on walks. Uh, I would hope so. It probably happens over text. We're just like, hey, this isn't working out. Sorry. Swipe. Um, so that's maybe something different. But I don't want to date you guys, because I already have a wife to date, but there's still a, a relationship that we have. And so before we go deeper in this relationship, you need to know a couple things about me. 
Um, I've had the pleasure of hanging out with a handful of you over the past couple weeks, and it's been really cool. I've, I've gotten to see how you guys like queso and margaritas, and it's hot here, and you guys are generally very interesting people. And not just Sandy. Gabe was like, when I went over here, he was like, you know, Sandy's not just the only interesting person here. And I'm like, well, noted. Um, so I've really enjoyed hanging out with you. You guys have a passion for this church in this city, and I want you to help that grow inside of me. So as we keep hanging out, please show me the spots of this city you like. Tell me what gets you excited about Axe Church Lander and the Axe Network. I love that. Please keep doing that. Um, a little bit about me. I grew up in Spring, Texas, which is in northwest Houston. And then I got tired of sweating because it's humid there, and I moved north to Minnesota. And it was during my time in Spring, Texas, and in college in Minnesota that God was having me wrestle on the topic we're talking about today. And the topic we're talking about today is the law. Our, our sermon series is simple, and it's where we're unclouding the cloudy parts of the Christian faith. And I think the law can be something that is very cloudy sometimes. As I was looking down uh, the email sheet of like, hey, this person's preaching when, I look and I, it's Jesus, week one. I'm like, hey, that's, that's right on. We should be talking about Jesus right off the bat. And then I look down the gospel. What does the gospel mean and what are the effects of the gospel? And then I look down and find my name and it says the law. And I'm like, really? My first sermon? We get the law? That is, thank you, I think. But, but I think God was working in some decision. And um, he said, you know, I want you to, to wrestle with this. The law is so big, but we're going to talk about one small section today. So today we're going to talk about, do good works really matter? Do good works really matter? I've been chewing on it for a while, and maybe you have as well. Something else you need to know about me, I grew up as a Lutheran. Some of you guys might know what that means. Some of you guys are like, oh, okay, I've heard that somewhere. Um, I grew up Lutheran, and if you grew up Lutheran, you have a couple Bible verses that just keep coming into your sphere and you just kind of know them. And one of them is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, and it says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. And so, growing up Lutheran, I had this idea, okay, it's not anything I do. I don't have to do anything to earn this relationship with God. But then I'd look around, and growing up in Spring, Texas, I'd see some of my other Christian friends, and they're like doing cool stuff, or like doing things for Jesus. Um, and I'm like, wait a minute. There's an aspect of that as well. And so I kind of looked around, and I went to church with some of these people, and I learned that you're supposed to have a quiet time, preferably in the morning, um, for anywhere between 15 minutes to an hour if you're really pious. And uh, it has to be in the morning because if you're not, you're going to lose your whole day and you're just hell-bent and on a path of destruction. So that's, that's one thing. And then you need to pray at least once a day and preferably before meals and uh, make a, you have to do it in public as well. Um, and then I learned, well, the real high school people uh, that were really Christian took their pennies from their uh, Whataburger job, and they tithed it. 
And then the hardest thing to do is you find an old lady who's crossing a street, preferably with a walker, in the suburbs where there's no crosswalks, and then you get out of your car and you help her across the street. These are the good works that you're supposed to do. And I'm like, okay, I wake up late. I, I don't know any old ladies. There's no crosswalks. I'm struggling with this. But I know it's like something that's kind of built in me that, hey, I should, this should probably be part of my life. This is where it gets cloudy. I think God has a sense of humor when he picks the people that write his letters, his epistles. And I think he does that today. Uh, our, our scripture today came from James, and I'm learning this. I don't know if we're a Bible opening during the sermon um, or swiping open during the sermon kind of congregation. Um, next time we'll be on, on the screen. Uh, but James was the brother of Jesus, and you can read in the Gospels, you know, maybe they didn't, maybe they weren't tight, maybe they weren't bros that entire time. Um, but we find out later in Acts that James was a leader in the Christian church. So something happened, Jesus and James, or James saw Jesus and he was like, hey, you're not just that guy, but at some point it's, oh my gosh, you're the Lord, I'm going to follow you. So he writes our scripture for today, and, and he writes hard words for us to understand. And then Paul, on the other side, well, he was a pseudo-terrorist and holding coats as um, the first Christian martyr got stoned, and he's the other person we're going to hear from today. God's got a sense of humor when he's like, I'm going to pick you, change your heart, and you're going to go and serve me. So James says in chapter 2, verse 14, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but doesn't have works? Can that faith save him? Can that faith save him? James does something here. He, he kind of sets up he kind of hints where he's like, that faith? Hmm? And he kind of puts it over to this side. He's like, can this faith without works actually save you? Because James looks at that faith without works, and he says, well, that just doesn't look complete. And it kind of looks useless. It kind of looks barren. And he says, he, he ends up calling it dead. He's like, this faith that doesn't have works in it is dead. Paul, the other guy, he wouldn't even touch this with a 10-foot pole calling it faith. He just doesn't even look at it and say it's faith. James is like, well, this is faith A over here, that faith without works. Paul would just be like, no, that's not it. And this is, to me, where it gets cloudy. Because I know... God has given me faith. That's a gift from him. But that turn where the works come in, that's where I think where, where we lose some of the, the, the clarity in the text. And so whenever I lose clarity, I'm a visual person, so I have to, I have to draw it out. So I drew out this little thing. And this is what I think uh, goes through my head and can go through the heads of a lot of us when we get this cloudy. So... God gives us this gift of faith. He comes down and changes our life. And then there's like a list of rules, as it seems. 
And oftentimes when you're tithing or, or doing a quiet time or finding that old lady, the mythical old lady, it, it feels like God's given me this awesome gift of faith and now I'm going to work to prove it to him that I have it. Or it got confusing for me when somebody said, don't you want to please the Lord? Don't you want to keep the Lord happy? And I'm like, I do, but I don't know. Well, does, does that mean if I don't do these things that he's not happy with me? So this is what it looks like for me. This is one of the ways it gets cloudy. And in a lot of our Christian churches, this is kind of the message. I give you faith. It's all free and there's grace, but still you're going to work for me. And this is a conditional relationship. But that, that's not how it works. If you think about Jesus and you, the, the, the spirit working inside your life, it's like that DTR, okay? God does the same thing for people today that he did years ago with James and with Paul. He always speaks first. God says, I love you. You're forgiven. Anything that you were trying to do to get to me, it, it wouldn't be good enough. It's not going to be good enough, and it can't be good enough. So I'm not going to, we're just not going to start the conversation that way. I'm working for you, my life for your life. Your heart of stone, I'm going to go inside and give you a heart of flesh. He always starts the conversation. Verse 18 says, but someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. So we have faith A, and then James is about to set up faith B. Hey, there it is. You guys are good. Um, he says, show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. He says, you believe that God is one, and you do well. Even the demons believe that, and they shudder. James looks at this and he says, there's a massive dichotomy about what we're talking about here. The demons know that Jesus is Lord. They don't profess it and they don't act like it, but, but this is their type of, I'm not even going to call it faith anymore, this is their thing. It's, it's God allowing them to be in existence and nothing coming of it. And then he shows us Faith be, and it's demonstrated by works. James 2 says that it's active, that faith and works together are complete, that they're useful, and that they're living. This over here, faith and works together, that's actual true faith for James. And if you're thinking about Paul and all those verses in the back of your head, you were saved by grace through faith, and grace alone, and faith alone. This is what Paul is thinking of. He says, this faith that has works is just demonstrated by works. It flows from works. Um, it's active. It's living. It's complete and whole. It's not working back up to God. And it's not like this slide where it's just, you know, this is where the demons would be, and this is what James is describing with that faith. It's not just coming down at you and you're like, well, there's that. That's not the key. That's not it. No, true faith is complete. It's active. 
and it's living, and it's a gift from God. These two things sound like they're opposing, but they, they work together. One flows from another. Um, when I moved into my apartment three, three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago, uh, I started unpacking boxes, and now my neighbors have the pleasure of looking at one of my contraptions. I've got this garden hydroponic aeroponic system, and it's about this big around. There's a reservoir at the bottom that holds 20 gallons of water, and there's a pump, and through this pump, it shoots it up a pipe, this water and these nutrients up a pipe, and then it sprinkles down the whole way around. And inside this cylinder, there's pods where you put plants. I know that it's a gardening system. My neighbors have no idea what that is because it looks like my junk on my deck just sitting there. And it is my plastic junk on my deck until I, as the creator of these plants, steward I should say, put plants into the little spots and then fill it with water. Once I fill it with water and plug it in, the water comes up, and then it drips down. That piece of junk plastic goes from dead and kind of useless and pretty much an eyesore to producing food and being active and living. That's the story. Like That's a perfect picture of, of what we look like. Faith and works intermingled. This is what God does. He comes into your life and changes you with his spirit. He pours water on your spirit. Stone, heart of stone, turns into a heart of flesh. It refreshes you like water, and it makes you living. He gives you a new identity. So it's not like, well, I have to work it back up to him. No, it's just I can rest because God has given me faith. He said, I love you, and he lets me rest in his grace. And then he sends you out. So when James is talking about good works, this is what it looks like. God giving, putting his spirit inside of you and changing you, whether that's in your baptism as an infant or older. And then he sends you out into the world. These are the two moves of God. He loves you and changes you. And then flowing out of that are good works. And it, this, is, this is one of those things I think is so hard we need to be reminded of because it's often that we can like see something like this and say, oh yeah, that's how it works. That's how it works. I get that up here. But, but then my heart tries to change it. It says, well, no, if only I just work for it. If only I just do this so that God will be happy. And when those things on that list, praying, tithing, finding somebody to help them across the street, when those start happening, the devil can twist that in your head and say, oh, you're trying to work your way to Jesus again. And so you say, no, that's not it. Jesus has already had his DTR with me. He's already said, you're mine first. He starts the conversation. Paul states this beautifully with the rest of the verse. Uh, in Ephesians, he says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not your own doing, it's the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk into them. Your God thinks so much of you, so highly of you, that he lets you do his work in the world. He thinks of you highly. In uh, the Greek, that word workmanship, where it says, you're his workmanship, it's the word poema, and it means created thing, for we're God's created thing. And I love how language works, because like in the 1500s, it sounds like the word uh, poema, I believe, somebody's going to correct me, it sounds like poem. Whenever I hear this, this text that gets said over and over, I have to say it in my mind like this. You're his living, active poem to the world. You're like a living piece of art, something that God has created for the world. You're created in Jesus for good works, and he's already prepared them for you. Now I could say, hey, church, there's 120, 130 of us in here. You guys just need to do these 10 things, and then you'll be set. Um, and we could do that. And there's probably things that would match up for all of us, like, oh, we should probably do this or that. But I'm not going to do that because that's your task. And that is what God has set before you today and every day. To figure out what are the things, God, that you've prepared me to do today. I've got certain tasks that I need to do, and you have certain tasks that you need to do. I know that some of you will end up changing like the ninth or tenth diaper today, and not my task. I don't want it. I've borrowed small children before, and hopefully God will do that for us someday, but, but it's not today, so let's let that be your task, and I'll have mine. But, but you have a good work that he's already prepared you for and equipped you. He's, he's kind of like worked in you, and there's something already ahead of you. So if you are thinking, hey, that's great, and I'll bear it, what do I do now? First, I mean, we have to start with prayer. Um, ask him, God, what does this look like for me? I have a kind of a, a life that's kind of in a routine, and I don't know what the things you've prepared for me are. So if that's you and that's me, Say, God, will you shift my lens so that I can see the things that I'm already doing as things that you've created for me to do? So that's one. And then two, if, if you're praying that and you're like, well, I still need some help with this, um, I would find, join together with other Christians. God doesn't have this, us do this journey alone, and he sets us up to, to work together. So we're going to do small groups in a couple weeks here, and if you're a part of a small group, this is part of your thing. How do you live the Christian life together? We're not meant to be in isolation. And we do this, we do this together. It's, it's like a team sport. So back to our DTR. If this is a team sport and I get to stand up here and you guys trust me to stand up here, um, then we need to figure this out. So a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Hempelman stood up here with a book and said, hey, Barrett, do you believe this? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, do you promise to preach this? And I said, yes, I will. And I just want to be clear on my end of the deal. I'm here to, to live life with you guys for a couple of months and then to go plant a church and maybe some of y'all will come or not. But, but my goal along the way is to show you Jesus. I want to show you Jesus. 
And in return, I ask that you guys do three things. Uh, one, please pray for me. We're told to pray for our leaders and pastors. Please pray for me. Two, be honest with me. Life works better when we're honest with each other. And then three, show me Jesus. I've already seen it in so many of you, and I can't wait to see it in the rest of you. Can we do that? Yeah, I see heads. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you've given us um, things to do in this world. It's not a burden. It's just stuff that, that you've already prepared for us. Let us have eyes to see what you've created for us. Shape our eyes to see that, and then give us the courage to walk into those things. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.